0: It seems that every single day that we turn on the news, we're learning about how social media is blocking and suppressing freedom of speech of Christians. That's why we have started DingDash.com. Our motto is simple, live and let live, speak your mind and mind your own business. We have invented a free way to be able to communicate on social media, and we have a very simple idea on privacy. It's what you were taught in kindergarten. If it isn't yours, don't touch it. Live free or die trying. We're a small group of misfits, and we have grown tired of large-scale social media companies dictating our content, tracking our activities, and selling our personal information. And we feel that that information is being weaponized, and social media is no longer as fun as it used to be. Social media has turned hostile towards their users like you and me. You know, in World War II, militaries turned to Morse code to communicate in hostile territories. And Morse code is a system of dots and dashes. This was the inspiration for dingdash.com. You can sign up right now and start connecting with people all around the world. We're launching it in November of 2019 this year. We want you to be a part of the first group. And you can do that. By signing up, just go to dingdash.com, dingdash.com, and you can sign up right now. You will be notified as soon as we get it launched, and you'll begin to connect with people and be free. Hello and welcome to part two of this Back to Jerusalem podcast. If you haven't listened to part one, this would be a good time to stop this podcast and download part one. Because this is a part two of a two-part podcast. And it's something that I want to at least take apart a little bit and share with you how I believe that media giants are persecuting Christians. Thank you so much for downloading this Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of the UK, where I'm traveling around together with the Back to Jerusalem team and with Brother Yun. Uh, You can find out our schedule online whenever we're speaking in the US, Canada, or Europe. We will actually be in Brazil for the very first time this year. You can follow us online on Facebook. Um... A, or if, if they don't block us, you can continue following us on Facebook to find out where we are meeting next. Or you can go to our website, BackToJerusalem.com. BackToJerusalem.com will always have our meeting plans for America, Canada, and Europe, um, or at least the UK Um, We don't always have the schedules on there for other parts of Europe because it's one of our partnering organizations that puts those meetings together, uh, AVC in Switzerland. If you would like to know more about Brother Yoon's speaking schedule in Germany, Switzerland, France, and other parts of Europe, you can go to AVC in Switzerland. You can look them up. They're an amazing organization that we have been partnered with since 1996. Very, very good friends of ours. And... It's actually the base of Back to Jerusalem inside of um, Switzerland. But one of the things that I'm going to follow up with in this podcast is how social media has been persecuting Christians. And I gave an example with uh, Franklin Graham and how he shared uh, from the biblical perspective about the new laws of Men using female bathrooms where women and children are present and are subjected to, um, uh, predatorial practices by certain men that may want to cause them harm. And that's one of the things that Franklin Graham was speaking out about. And so that's just, that's just one instance, but we're seeing Many other people. Now, right now it's, it, the, the news is more surrounded around uh, politics. Not so much about, one of the things that I believe we are failing at in Christian media is getting the word out about how Christian views are being blocked, how Christian views are, are, are being pushed out of the social media, uh, um, communication that those that are believers are that are sharing their convictions on social media platforms because why are why are we sharing our convictions well one we want the word to get out we have our friends we have our family members uh we have people that we would like to see um receive christ and for those that have received Christ, we want to share ideas um, that might uh, encourage other believers, not just in our own little small society, but believers around the world. Social media has made it possible for us to connect with people all around the world. I've used social media now for years and I've been able to do things that have not been possible in the past. And that has been one of the, the best aspects of social media. However, now that people have gotten used to it, now that they've become almost dependent upon it, the walls are starting to close in where secular organization giants are socially trying to engineer the thought process of the general population, but specifically Christians. We see that Social media is playing a massive role in democracy. That's why closed countries really have tried to keep YouTube and Facebook and Twitter out. That's why they're blocked in China. That's why they're blocked in Iran. That's why they're blocked in North Korea. They're blocked because these items can be dangerous to dictatorships. However... If these social media giants were just a little bit more compliant and could understand the, the challenges of a good dictator. And they, and they changed, just tweaked a couple of their own rules that could be more favorable for a dictator that would like to see a stable environment. If if social media giants like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Google and um, platform producers uh, that that provide the the ability to navigate those different platforms like Apple, then if they could just if if they could just compromise a little bit, then it might be easier for them to have access to those nations. And that's what we're seeing right now with big players that want to get into the doors of China. Big players like Facebook and YouTube and Apple that want to get into the – and have access to the 1.5 billion people inside of China. So we are seeing that if Google just tweaks its algorithm a little bit and, and leans towards one candidate – That might be running for office. That candidate. Is more likely to be elected. Because when people go on to do research. Of the different. People that are running for office. Well if one comes up. More often than not. And the one that comes up more often than not. Has more positive things about them. In their search engine. Then that could be. A very good thing for that candidate when they get elected and when they get elected, then they will need to show a little appreciation and they can show a little appreciation by allowing these media giants to have even more access. What we are seeing basically is a perversion of what we consider what many people have grown to trust as free speech what was once thought of as free speech or free thought or free access to information is becoming less and less so whether we ever really had it is of debate but we had something we had about as close as you could get on this side of eternity uh, because you always have to calculate in human greed but now we are seeing that there are pragmatic steps that are being taken by groups like Facebook, like Google, like Twitter, like YouTube to ostracize those that are not in their line of thinking. Now, this is not even the majority of people's thinking. We have seen polls after polls, and there's only so much trust you can put into polls, and I recognize that, but we've seen so many polls that show that most people Lean more conservative or center right, especially when it comes to social issues, because at least in Christian countries, when it comes to social issues, because of the influence of a Christian Judaic society. And because of those Christian Judaic societies, there's certain places where people fall. And when they fall in, when people are asking during polls, uh, during surveys, how they feel about certain things, it goes against those elites that have been controlling the mechanisms. But if the minority voice can have control of those mechanisms... Control the content that you see. Control the content that you don't see. Then they can shape your thoughts. I believe we are seeing that in the church. The church has begun to adopt certain ideas that are not biblical. Actually, they're anti-biblical. And the reason they've adopted those ideas is because pastors and preachers and evangelists have stopped preaching truth from the Bible and have started to and and have preached well they've preached truth let me let me back up for a minute it's not that they're preaching lies but they're preaching a very soft truth there's certain segments that are emphasized that are more touchy feely and certain Aspects of the Bible that are not emphasized because they would not mesh well with our own ideas today in society of what is good and what is not good. And so in that way, pastors have not tackled harder ideas and they've stayed with softer ideas. More loving ideas. They've talked about love and God's love and his acceptance and heaven and and how you've done nothing bad enough for you not to get into heaven. And this is the central theme of the gospel. Don't get me wrong. However, there is a message of hell and sin where we have, and I say we, we have backed off from because it doesn't go over as well, especially with the social engineering that is taking place in social media, where we are all a part of this community. And in that community, we have been conditioned to think in certain ways and and we don't even realize that we've been conditioned for fear that if we write something that is not socially acceptable, we will have the loss of certain friends that we very much want to keep or we will be labeled with certain titles that we very much do not want to have we don't want to be labeled as hateful we don't want to we god forbid we get a a a facebook uh, uh uh alert that pops up and says that our content was blocked because of Hate speech. We violated hate speech. Something that we wrote, something that we said, something that we shared, something that we tweeted was against community standards and was hurtful to the community. They like to use these terms like hurtful to the community. And for the reason they do that is because it helps us in this in this idea of punishment and reward society and for christians in a christian judaic society we like to be liked we like to be thought of as loving people so when people say that we are hateful we reject that title we run away from it as fast as we can well the world has understood that and what they have done Is they've engineered these social media platforms so that it will, it will help with the reaction of different chemicals in our thought process where if we write something that is thought of as hateful, it will make us feel guilty. In our in our society of, of Christian Jude, uh, Judaic society, we are very much driven by guilt. We can be guilted into doing things that we don't want to do and not doing things that we do want to do. This is not present in shame-based societies like China, like Vietnam, like North Korea. This is not uh, present in societies that respond more to power like the Middle East, like different parts of Africa. This only works, this kind of social engineering works best in a society that is more driven by guilt, like we have in a Christian Judaic society. And so what happens is is these social media giants have created this environment that punishes you using terminology that shames you. And rewards you by allowing you to be a part of the society when you have become a trustworthy, quote-unquote, trustworthy member of society. And so we have seen that this, these same mechanisms that are, that are in place. They were lightly in the background a couple of years ago, but now they are very strong borders. Now the, we're talking, these, th- these social media giants are building Trump's wall. They're building these massive walls. So, Lila Rose. Lila Rose is a, is on, uh, Twitter. And she is pro-life. And she just, um, tweeted out that, um, she has been banned. She runs an organization called Live Action. You can go and find out more information on her from Live Action. But she was banned from, tw- she has, she has a lot of followers. Um, one of her, one of her, the things that she shared, you know, can be liked by several thousand people. So she's, she's n- not a small user. But basically, she had, uh, uh, been banned by Twitter because they said that she was involved in um, sp- posting things that were hurtful for the community. And so she wrote this and this was just two days ago. She wrote Twitter banned my account and all ads when we asked why Twitter said We could resume ads only if we deleted the following content from our Twitter and our website. One, anything about abortion procedures. Two, investigations of Planned Parenthood. And three, ultrasound images. (laughs) This is huge. Because Twitter is demanding that she not only remove that content from the social community of Twitter itself, but that she take it down from her own website. Now, for her to remove things about abortion procedures and investigation, so she's – whenever Planned Parenthood is being investigated, for those of you that are not American that listen to this podcast, Planned Parenthood is the largest baby killer killing unborn babies. They c- kill more unborn babies than any other organization in the United States, and in fact, uh, they, they mainly target minority babies minority babies in the United States. In fact, if you live in New York City and you you are black, you should count your lucky stars that you were not killed because it is now statistically it is now statistically proven that if you are a black baby, you are more likely to be aborted than born. You are more likely to be aborted than born. And as Christians, we believe that every single life has value. And when you take a life, you take a gift from the world. And every single person was planned by God. God the Bible tells us that God knew us while we were being knitted in our mother's womb. He knew us by name before the beginning of time. And he has given us all a special gift and our gift is for all of humanity. And when you remove a human being, when you take a human being out of this planet, you remove the gift that God has given to us. I also tend to believe that we are made in the image of God. And because God is so big, it takes all of us from the beginning of time to the end of time, every race, every sex, and every person that has ever has, that ever has been, ever is, and ever will be, it takes all of us, all collectively, to even come close to represent God. We are made in the image of God, but one person by themselves does not fully represent the image of God. It takes everyone that has ever been and ever will be to even come close to that representation. So when you kill somebody, you remove from humanity an element, a puzzle, a piece that is to bless humanity. You remove that from the the, the all of humanity. You remove that blessing from mankind. So Twitter, you might say, well, I don't know Leela Rose and I really don't like Franklin Graham. So if they shut down Franklin Graham's account or they, you know, maybe I don't really know the details, but I'm sure if they did it, they, they had a, a a good reason to. They had a good reason. Leela Rose publishes or posts Ultrasound images, because it shows that babies are fully developed human beings. They feel pain. They wait any mother. Tell, ask any mother that it ha- that is pregnant. She will tell you when her baby's awake, when they're the most active. When when they are sleeping, when they're not moving around, the mother begins to know the baby. And in fact, the ba- it has been statistically proven that babies respond to their mother's voices and their father's voices if the father's present and speaks in the area because they've gotten used to the voice while in the womb. So, the very ultrasound images that mo- many pregnant women put up on the refrigerators and show at their baby showers is being required of Leela Rose to take it down uh, right now as I'm making this drive there is there's a guy he's he's, he's a, a believer but he's he's he doesn't have a ministry per se he's more involved in news his he runs a thing called louder with Crowder Steve Crowder and Steve Crowder has just been shut down from YouTube. And the thing that I think is important about him being shut down from YouTube is interesting because of this. He wrote, he's, he's been in this, this, this argument back and forth, uh, with a guy that is a Vox writer. He's a writer for Vox. If you're not familiar with Vox, Vox is this news outlet that is becoming more and more influential. And there's a writer by the name of Carlos Maza. And Carlos Maza is, is a Latino male that is a homosexual. He's gay. And he has said that, um, Louder with Crowder, um, the things that he says are offensive to him as a Latino gay man. When Louder with Crowder, and I've listened to his show over and over, um, basically when he comes out against Uh, Carlos, it's because Carlos uh, backs Antifa, which is a violent leftist communist group. And so he debates Antifa and he's actually done um, uh, undercover video footage with Antifa where it shows that Antifa leaders have armed their people to go out and and cause fights and harm to other people to do violent action against people like the Nazis did with the brown shirts, like the Red Guards did during the rise of Mao Zedong inside of China. But he made it about race. Carlos made it about race and he made it about sexual orientation. And the reason why is he knew that then he would be able to target uh, Stephen Crowder. So he complained to YouTube because on YouTube, Louder with Crowder has something like 4 million followers and subscribers. Not just followers, subscribers. So he has 4 million subscribers. YouTube came out this month or just two days ago, June 5th. I'm doing this podcast on June 7th. They came out June 5th and said um, that they have not found anything. That would violate their community standards, though they do not agree with his standpoint and they do not endorse anything that he says. It says, even if a video remains on our site, it doesn't mean we endorse support that viewpoint. There are other aspects of the channel that we are still evaluating. We'll be in touch with any further updates. And so they had decided that. There had been nothing that Steven Crowder did after the complaint of, of Carlos Maza that had violated their community standards. Nothing. But then YouTube, because there was this outcry from Vox. And see, Vox is a major operator. Uh, they actually, their major shareholders come from NBC and Comcast. These are two major players when it comes to news dissemination. So these guys have, you know, big bucks backing them. And when they put pressure on YouTube, YouTube then came out and said, an update on our continued review. We have suspended this channel's monetization, talking about Louder with Crowder, with Steven Crowder. We came to this decision because a pattern of egregious actions has harmed the broader community and is against our YouTube partner program policies. Wait a minute. They just said that there was no violation of their policies. So what happened what happened was, when they went in and did further review, and, and there, and I've listened to Stephen Crowder actually talk about this, there was no examples given that he could go back and rectify or fix. They told him to fix, but they couldn't tell him what to fix because what he what he has done on all of his videos did not violate community standards, which leads me to this: mob rules in social media. And in the mob rules when when we share things that go against society about our Christian faith, when our Christian belief. There are measures that the world is taken taking to silence us, to silence believers. They've already done it in the 1040 window in the area between China and Jerusalem. And now they are doing it in Christian countries. One of the reasons why, I believe, is leading up to a point, And this is very, very important. This, this encapsulates everything that I'm sharing. They're leading up to a point where everything that we share about our Christian belief can be considered to be harmful to the social community. That the things that we share can be egregious and harmful to the broader community. You want to share about Jesus dying for our sins? Jesus alone, that name above all other names, can be offensive. It certainly is in Saudi Arabia. It is certainly offensive in Iran. It is definitely offensive in North Korea. And becoming more and more offensive on social media platforms. So what we are proposing right now is to ap- operate outside of the matrix. And we we are proposing to operate outside of the matrix in four different ways. One, to launch our own messaging system. Two, to launch our own social media platform. And the two, those first two will be incorporated together and that will be available November 2019. Three: launch our own video platform video sharing platform. Now if anything pops up before we actually do this, where we can join a band or a band with someone who's already done this, then we will do it. But if not, we're going to do it ourselves. And then four, I believe Christians are going to need their own merchant services. One of the things that we are seeing is that when you are banned from social media for a lot of these Um, social media platforms banning you is not enough so in the case of of Steven Crowder for instance when he was banned for his his ability to um, monetize his videos when that was banned yesterday on YouTube YouTube also was able to collaborate with the merchant of um, the 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 merchant of Steven Crowder's um, social media site links. So when people went on to buy his mugs, his t-shirts, when they went on to buy his merchandise, they used a merchant that then turned and blocked all of his sales yesterday. So now all of his ability to be able to um, sell his stuff in order to keep going has now been greatly hindered because he, the, his the the um, merchant site that he's been using has now been blocked. All of his goods, his sales, his customers has been cut off. We've actually been involved in this. We we know a little bit about online merchants and and the difficulties involved. Let me end with this story, something that most listeners do not know. When we launched the Back to Jerusalem website years ago, for those of you that do not have your own website, uh, many people use PayPal, and I hate PayPal. I hate PayPal with a passion. It's, it's just, it's, I, I, just I, I, I hate it because it's just caused me so much headache. And, um, we didn't use PayPal. We had, um, we had another merchant. So whenever you donate to a website, there's usually a go-between merchant that processes your credit card. So not only does that website have to incur your credit card fees, they also have to incur the merchant fees that are the go-between, the in-between. And so what the merchant does is they provide an electronic connection from the bank account, uh, to, um, your, your, uh, your account or from the vendor like Visa or MasterCard or American Express to your bank account. So they're the, they're the middlemen that, that provide that service. And there weren't a lot of companies at the time. So we found a company that worked for us and we found it online, you know, and it, they, they had done really good work for a while, but back to Jerusalem on our online giving, there, there was a delay. And uh, processing the fees into our bank account. And at first the delay was like a week. So when somebody would donate to our website, to to BackToJerusalem.com, it would take like a week for it to be processed and then make it into our account, which wasn't terrible. I mean we didn't even notice it. To be honest, I mean, um, we, we thought, well, that's just normal banking procedures. I mean, for myself, I live in China. So whenever I do a bank transfer, it takes at least a week to get out of China and get it back into China. So if somebody wires me money from America into China, it takes about a week for that wire to make it into my account. And vice versa, if I if I wire money from China and anywhere outside of Hong Kong, um, so inside of mainland China, if I wire money to a U.S. account, it can take several days up to a week. Now, Hong Kong can happen overnight within you know hours, within minutes. So when we were delayed with our payments for one week, it wasn't a big deal. But then I noticed that this merchant, that it was the go-between when people were donated onto our website, it would take like a month, a couple weeks to a month for our money to make it into our account. And that, that began to become a little suspicious. And then we saw... There was one large donation from the UK of something like 24,000 pounds, which is um, something like 30-something thousand dollars. Um, somebody – there was a, a guy, he passed away, and he left it in his will, and so he made the donation. Well, it was a big donation. So when they made the donation, the merchant took it up upon themselves to make sure that the customer knew that they were giving the money. Well, that was very kind of them. I mean, how, how judicious of them? How, how responsible of them to oversee the proper transferring of funds and make sure that the, the giver was in, was in a good, sound mind at the time that he made the donation. How the vendor was going to do that, I'm not sure. And what the vendor had any business doing that, I'm not sure, but they did. So when we noticed that the money hadn't come into our account for over a month, we contacted the vendor and they said, yeah, we are going through the procedures right now to check whether, you know, this was a legitimate donation. And then they began to make requirements of us that we needed a, a, a certificate, a, a, a written document, a, a, um, a statement from the giver saying that they intended to give that money. Well, the problem was the giver, the person that gave the donation, had passed away. So B to J, we hadn't received the money for about half a year by this point. So B to J had to approach a grieving family that had lost a family member and have them sign that, yes, it was in the will of their father. The father of the the, the the father of the family, the person who passed away and left the money in his will for this to be given. It was in their will that it be given to B to J, and then we sent that documentation over. By this time, we had gone about six months without getting funding from the, that company. We be, we then we were very concerned after about a year. Money kept being donated to that merchant, but was not being sent to our account. We had to, we had to contact our givers, but there were just some donors that, you know, we were not able to contact or didn't stop giving. And so the money kept building up till we got to like 60, 70, 80,000. I think it might have even been close to a hundred thousand US dollars before we actually had to file a civil suit against them. And take them to court in order to get the money. And then, so I went to their office and found out their office didn't exist. I mean, we got these guys online. And I went to their office and found out it didn't exist. Basically, the merchant that we had been using from the beginning was this um, little operation that was taking place outside of somebody's garage. And when we took them to court, it became evident that we were one of their largest clients and they spent the money. So the court ordered that they had to pay it back. And so they, they went into bankruptcy filing at that point. And so we got to know merchants quite well and the power that they hold with that experience in mind. Now I'm starting to see merchants That are polling their services. They'll get groups relying upon them. And then once they get enough customers. Once they get enough power. Then they try to use that power to manipulate. What people do and don't do. What they say and don't say. The views that they express and the views that they don't express. And they try to use that tool as a way to intimidate. And influence. What Christians say, think and do. That is why I believe at Back to Jerusalem, we need to be a part of a movement that trumpets free speech. Free speech is a Christian idea. Freedom of religion is a Christian idea. That's why nations that are not Christian, nations that are not Jewish, do not have these ideas incorporated in their societies. They might have it written in their books. I mean, China has free speech written in their law. But their idea of free speech is not the same as a Christian nation's idea of free speech. So, with that, November, this year, mark it on your calendar. I will give you the dates once we have them. Right now, we're looking at November 16th as the launch date for our social media platform and i will be sharing more about that as we get closer to november pray for us we don't have a team putting this together of a thousand people though we should we have just a small small group of about five of us that are praying together and focusing in on this we have and and our guys that are focusing in on this, they have they're being hit hard spiritually. We had one guy that had to drop out. That he was one of our main guys developing our social media platform, had to completely step aside because of the spiritual attacks that he was under as a result. So we need your prayers. We need you to join hands together with us to make this a reality to Allow Our main focus will be the 1040 window, the area between China and Jerusalem. However, the entire world will be invited to join together with us on this free speech platform that will allow Christians to share with other Christians in closed countries ideas, plans, concepts that are biblical, and they will have the freedom to debate it. And share it with others I want to thank you so much for joining us For this Back to Jerusalem podcast Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time Coming to you live on delay From somewhere within the borders of the UK God bless